Hi, folks. Welcome to Roxy Fever. Uh, I'm your host, Jax McDonald. Joining me in studio. Yes, you're in. And across the pond. We have Elliot Hoyt. Yeah, and uh, these guys, I tried to just not do the intro this way, and they fucked it up. So, <laughs> for all the people who neg me about the fact that I call myself the host and not these two. Look, who's who, who, who are the ones who are fucking up all the time? Who's the one who edits the episodes? That's right, baby. It's all you. <laughs> yeah. You forgot to turn the mic I, on. I really. hate to be self-aggrandizing, <clears throat> but come on. I get the I, I also get the most shit, so sometimes I have to, you know. Yeah, Jackson, looking out for me. That, that's how, the thing. I, Jackson, how is the Twitter kind of purge? Well, you're not. You haven't purged. No, no, I didn't purge. I just I turned off notifications and left uh, oh. my one group chat. That's okay. all I did. Okay. Oh, and I, I, I deleted Twitter for one day. Bell Let's Talk Day, uh, mm-hmm. which one day... Uh, we will have a long chat about, but that day is not today. Okay. No. Um. Anyways, I was trying to do speaking of purges, but I can't. I can't work out. Y'all ever seen the Purge? <laughs> they're good movies. Good. They're about they're, they're about like rich people killing poor people. So speaking of that, uh, Vyas uh, might be on a list. <laughs> uh, can you tell us? Uh, can please you tell forward us all your today? questions to uh, to uh, to my lawyers, <laughs> Elliot. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Great. Okay. Now, uh, straight up the last full week, I've been spending time at the legislature as a legal observer, which just means we watch the cops. There's like no actual protection for us. The cops are just kind of like stupid enough to be like, oh, we can't actually arrest these guys. Okay. So we kind of get off scot-free. We put on a high-vis vest and nobody fucks with us. That is like but, the universal law of Western culture is if you're wearing a high vis jacket and possibly a hard hat, you can do anything you want. <laughs> oh my okay. god! I am. <laughs> I got. I got to quickly respond to that. Yeah, no, yeah. There was so there was like this couple on the very first day. Uh, like it was very chill up until the last day, basically. Um, uh, a couple from like Western Washington come up and like. Everybody kept asking me, like, what is a legal observer? Uh, me and all the other people. And, like, after explaining to them, they're like, oh, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That rules. I, no, I was just going to say, have you guys seen, um, have you guys ever seen the movie Big Trouble in Little China? No. Okay. So there's a scene in Big Trouble in Little China where Kurt Russell and uh, the other guy in the movie, um, they have to, like, break into a building to do something and anyways they're they're like master plan and they spend almost no time on it at all but their master plan to make it to break into the uh building is to walk past the front desk both wearing denim jackets and carrying like rotary phones and they just go like we work for the phone company and everybody (laughs) just buys it (laughs) that's good yeah um, that's good it's like really throwaway, and they don't spend much time on it. But I, I remember mm-hmm. watching it, and just being like, "Wait!" <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's the that's what it's like when you wear the 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 orange vest. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. you could probably, if you own one of those orange vests, it's basically like having a key to the city. Like, yeah, you can just that's do whatever what it, you that's want. That's what it felt like. I mean, there were some moments where, like, okay. Oh, I don't know how much content. Like, read the news. Yeah, <laughs> no, saw, I know. You saw what happened. Like, not not to you, but yeah, uh, to anybody listening. You don't uh, need that much backstory. Read the news about the BC. Uh, uh, well, read the news about what's happening up up north uh, yeah. and the invasion of uh, sovereign land. Um, and so, I had some friends who were cobbling together a uh, uh, very smart plan, the unironically great plan to reoccupy the legislative steps. Look, lots of cool shit happened. It ruled. Yeah. But, but in terms of the high-vis vest, like, uh, on the last day, uh, 
students were supporters, not the actual in, indigenous youth who were sure. running the show. Uh, man, they had such a tight fucking is a well-oiled machine the way they planned everything. Sure. Like they never were in harm's way. Uh, that rules. It was like settler youth and elders were like doing all this, taking all the blows basically. That's cool. But, um, just like ministers would like walk up and like they get shouted down and like they couldn't get through and they'd come to me and be like, "Is there another entrance?" I'm like, "Fuck, I can't help you." <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how to describe what this whole week was. It really was my life a movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, the last day was like the end of a prestige HBO like show <laughs> season. Uh, there was the lighting was great. Uh, there was guns, lots of cops, <laughs> wow, uh, lots of shouting, lots of really happy emotions. It was actually like legit. The whole week was like a block party and the best use of public space that I've ever seen. Ah, that and rules. like the legislature, if it wanted to be a place where people like like to hang out, they should actually like encourage. Kind of... Yeah, some fair. some some of the visuals I saw I was like, this is yeah. amazing. It was just beautiful. So what you're saying is, um, the BC when... government should commit crimes against Indigenous people oh. more often. Oh, shit. <laughs> so that... <laughs> I was going to no. say that, and then I realized <laughs> that I should Definitely cut. Nuts. Stop. <laughs> parody. 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 Thanks. Parody. Parody. Um, no. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, don't take our funding away. <laughs> I did see I did see all of that. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was dope as hell. Yeah, it was It was very cool. Um, are you uh, gonna? Are you going to lose your, your lawyership over this? I was a legal observer. I wasn't part of it. So you, so you're. you're I was all good not to go. a participant in anything legitimately. Okay. And anything yeah. that went down, I did not cheer. I could not clap. Right. I did okay. not smile. Is like you were just there being a legal was, observer. Yeah. And right now, because the way the media has uh, a lot, a lot of the journalists who were there were there to cover the throne speech on the last day. Right. And it's a quite tight knit club of legislative reporters. Um. And that's just how kind of institutions and the media who's supposed to cover them, they it's a bit of a symbiotic relationship. Sure, and they're going to yeah. protect each other. And the media who was already Boy, inside... Boy, I would know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> and the media who was already inside couldn't really see what was going on outside. They just heard what the complaints were from people coming in. Uh, but there was a couple of journalists who couldn't get inside because they were late. <laughs> and, they, and like and they were like, fuck it, the story's out here. And they told really good sides good of it. Good for them. Um, they didn't see any assaults of any sort. Uh, at most, there was like one person who spat on a legislative staff, and they should not have done that. It was extremely peaceful, extremely calm pro uh, demonstration uh, of land defense. Um, but legal observers, like it's going to be really important to to remain. Like I can say all the shit I want to about what's going on in the wider political context, but uh, I can't say anything about like the exact demonstration in terms of like saying that it should have happened or anything right. like that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you got to walk that tightrope. That's a tightrope, I guess. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, it's like everybody who is a legal observer is already going to be... Yeah, okay, like, fair enough. ...interested in this whole... It, it was just... Look, I this is like the, one of the best... Tuesday was like one of the best like days of my life and what I saw. Um, like seeing that kind of solidarity like possibly cured part of my depression. Ah, yes. Like, like, I know you how you feel. You got to put... You gotta put you got to put yourself out there and it's and, and get involved in that kind of stuff. And then it, yeah, show was beautiful. Um, and I really hope people uh, donate to the Unistaden uh, supporter toolkit. We'll put out a link or something for that. Totally. Um, 
Yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on the politics of it. It's more like, oh, what'd you do this week? Yeah, no. I, Holy I, shit. That's, I, I, yeah, <laughs> Elliot and I both didn't do anything interesting this week. No so worries. I just thought, uh, Hell, you know, we're, we're doing these more often, so I'm just trying to fill time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell, <laughs> yeah. JD went to a protest today, or to a demonstration of it today. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like, I want to say something mean about him, but it's like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, he, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're good. Or he went there to pick up checks. I mean, that is probably why he was there. Parody, parody, parody. Anyways, we're a Canucks podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, for, yeah. and for now, I'm still a host in the show, but Vic PD. <laughs> I've been saying some shit about them. You're on, a, you're on a list now. I'm probably on a list. Look, one of the days, it was like a chill day on a Sunday uh, amidst the scene, and the police chief in plain clothes walks right by, like basically through the middle of the oh whole my thing, God. pretending to be on his phone. And like a lot of the, some teenage girls who were there, like probably like preteens were like, wait, we remember him from the last like uh, big demonstration that happened. Uh, Jesus. This big arrest situation happened a couple of weeks ago too. And he like, he like uh, was, is, was a bit infamous in these circles because of it. And then as soon as like people pointed him out, he scurried off. And I just kind of, called him out on that because people were mad at some victoria counselors for being present right. at the demonstration uh they weren't participating but they were just like there, there and like they're progressive and people got mad like oh my god our elected officials are involved in this uh and supporting it you know and the victoria mayor had to be like oh these two counselors were not acting on behalf of the city and i'm like was the police chief acting on behalf of the city when he tried to sneak through the fucking demonstration <laughs> and scurried off when a bunch of teenage girls like pointed you out yeah. So yeah, probably on a list for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's okay. I'm going to Vancouver tomorrow. <laughs> for, so. Anyways, yeah. we are ostensibly a Canucks podcast. Yes. yes. Um. So we should probably talk about the big piece of news uh, from this week, which is the city and retirement ceremony. Yeah. Which... I, was, I was really trying to figure out something to interrupt you with, but I did not pay any attention. <laughs> Fill it in your head, listener. Um, so I forget what I was talking about. Um, why don't you host the show, Vias? <laughs> uh, uh, who was that guy, Josh something? You wore thir- number thirty six in like mid two thousands. This might be the worst episode of the show we've ever recorded. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Political. All I know is he did no, not that, score a goal assisted by both Sedins. That part, yeah. That because yeah, oh god. Holy okay. Shit. I don't want to derail this too much. This is actually important <clears throat> because I feel like I feel like I kind of dropped the ball a little bit this week because I just uh I was on one a lot. Just kind of like I had all this sort of bullshit rattling around in my brain. I didn't read and a so, single one of your tweets this week. What were you so mad about? That's fine. I wasn't mad about anything. I was just talk? like What's that? I saw some Kachuk shit going on. Yeah, he was oh, melting I, down like he, Matt Kachuk. There you go. Oh, I was not melting down. No. I here's the thing. Uh, I just I don't I don't want to talk no, about No, 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 Forget Let's just Kachuk. go back to the Sedines. Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> this is terrible. This is so bad. Like this is actually so bad <laughs> because you know, people care about the Sedines yeah. and they're like literally <laughs> the best players in franchise history mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, I feel like I've been kind of getting shit for like not respecting them enough, which is stupid Who says that? because well, I got it. I've been getting like, OK, so let's start with. Oh, my God. 
sucks so much. It's your fault now. All right, Jackson, why is everybody mad at you about the Sedins? Okay. So, See, I could be a really good host. <laughs> I think I've got a good voice. Um, so what happened was basically, it wasn't everybody, but it was just a couple people like were like, oh, why are you like being so mad on Sedin night? And it's like, okay, first of all, I'm like this literally all the time. Why? Why would I? Why would I change over over the Sedins retiring? And second of all, I'm getting so much deja vu. Are you Elliot? <laughs> um, and second of all, like once the Sedin retirement ceremony was over, it's time to talk about the game, and that game was dog shit. And it was okay, it, but it was really yeah. The Sedin retirement thing and the game are two separate things. They're two yeah, separate yeah, things. Yeah. So they so the fact that days. so the fact that <laughs> so the fact that like you're that I was because I I fired off this tweet. Basically, like the Canucks are really, really bad, and that's why Quinn Hughes deserves the Calder yeah. and Jacob Markstrom deserves the Vesna, yeah. which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um. But and I just got like a couple people like salty at me about that. Um. And I haven't like I didn't write anything about the Sidians, and I didn't. Um. Like we didn't have a ton of stuff up at Canucks Army about the Sidians, and the reason for that mainly is just that like it reminds me a little bit of that thing that happens when a famous person dies and immediately it, it kind of, everybody tries to make it about them mm-hmm. yeah. and they go kind of like clout chasing. And it's just like, for me, they when, retweeted it, me once. when it comes to the Sidians, I love the Sidians so much and, and they're actually genuinely good people, which mm-hmm. is something that gets thrown around in hockey a lot. And mm-hmm. is often not true. And when it comes to the Sidians, it just sort of feels like there's nothing you could I could say that would be uh, that would be of any value, basically. Yeah, no, but like I I agree with what you're saying because like I have gotten to know several like former athletic heroes of mine, and it's like wow, you kind of suck in real life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it's like oh wait, but I'm 30 years old, and the Sidians are still like. A sports hero of mine and it's like oh except they're also insanely incredibly good people and nothing i could ever say like if you know you know exactly that is 100 percent how Mm -hmm. i feel and Mm -hmm. so it it became and and there's there's always the thing (laughs) the thing about the city and retirement ceremony is it felt like for a lot of uh publications it was just an excuse to get like one last low-hanging fruit sedin article out like yeah where You know, everybody loves to talk about Sedian line mates, and I got no issue with that. And we're going to talk about it a, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain point where, you know, it's it's like a little less than two years ago, we got all the run da- all the like sort of best Sedian moment rundowns when yeah. they retired. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. now it's just like we're rehashing the same content, and it's like the ceremony itself was beautiful. And I don't want to like. I really don't want to put a negative spin on this because uh, I love those two boys so dearly. But it, it really is just kind of one of those things where, for me personally, it was very, very. It was hard to say anything of value because it's just what do you even say? There's no what, what I'm supposed to say. They're even better athletes than they are, or they're even better people than they are athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, everybody knows that. Like, mm-hmm. it's. It is truly that would be a funny article to write, though. They are better so, athletes than but, they are people. But about but about any like another player who would deserve it. Yeah, but write it earnestly. Yeah, <laughs> like trying to be nice about them. But yeah, not so like kind to their wives. But but like, have you seen this these players? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. 
what did you guys think of the ceremony? Like, what, what was your? Did you have a, a favorite moment or <laughs> the the moment where things clued into me, where I was like, oh, was when I saw a video in class earlier in the day of the all like a bunch of alumni meeting. The Canucks tweeted out this video, yes. like running into each other in a room. Not running. Okay, yeah, Kessler, Luongo, and then Gillis, and I was like, holy shit! And then Olin shows up. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it was it was like a bunch of emotions happening at the same time. Yeah. Uh, very happy to see a it. few people were were very keen to point out Olin that is so hot man Olin looks amazing Olin Olin yeah, yeah Olin's yeah. Com- completely fucking daddy yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, he's you, just aged I, I extremely have a feeling well. the puck bunnies don't know who he is and yeah. I think we're gonna have to introduce yeah probably you're probably right um the uh and then everybody was talking about Sallow yesterday and so I was like well, I didn't see I didn't see him anymore. <laughs> uh, okay. that's that's a deep cut <laughs> we'll just leave it at that um the uh, it was a few people have were keen to point out that Gillis and a lot of those people up there uh, don't really get along. Yeah, and so it was very cool to see them all be there and kind of put that aside. Yeah, Mike Gillis, by the way, two two observations about Mike. Uh, the first, very cool that I thought was a very nice touch. He had pins yeah. honoring all the players who died uh, while he was GM, which is sad that there's multiple. Yeah. Uh, he meant to have, a, a, so he had a Pavel Dimitra pin. And Luke Bourdon. And a Luke Bourdon pin. And he meant, he wanted to have a Rick Rippon pin. Spencer Gillis confirmed this, but it just, it didn't arrive in time. Oh, shit. Um, so they, you know, they still shouted him out or whatever. But, wow. uh, and then the other observation about Gillis is um, apparently he has not shaved since he grew that solidarity <laughs> goatee in 2014. <laughs> because my man's is rocking I love, uh, I a full it. beard and a fucking handlebar mustache yeah, now. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. It's really sweet. We, we got to ask Spencer about that. About the beard? Yeah, about the beard. <laughs> you know, I asked him to be on the show, eh? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. He, t- he turned it down for very um, legitimate reasons. He, I, we should have rejected him because I don't want to fuck up his career. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, that's <laughs> kind of where he yeah, was coming exactly. from. Because look, it's not like Mike is Brian Burke where he can like call any place and his son gets a job. Mike Gillis is not as liked. <laughs> That's true. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, so like, I yeah, thought maybe... the funniest thing was when the Sedins thanked Willie Desjardins for yeah, like, that, being that... a good coach, and it's like <laughs> I forgot about that. That was really funny. I, I heard that everybody laughed when they think towards. I, I just listened to the, yeah. The, that's that's uh, th- there was there were some weird reactions when they thanked certain people. Yeah. Uh, the when they thanked Willie Desjardins, it was just kind of like awkward silence and a couple of cheers. Yeah, um, yeah. That's always that's always the tough. It's just a whole lot of nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Th- I thought it was kind of funny, like how Kevin Bieksa just like literally did an open mic set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like the thing about Kevin, uh, the thing that really really struck me about his entire part of the the ceremony was that he is just so fucking charismatic that he can sell jokes that like aren't that funny. Yeah, some of yeah, his jokes were sure. really funny. Like it, I, his, yeah, I thought it was really funny when he said um, that when he sort of made the crack about like oh Burroughs with another tap in. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever, there was a couple other ones, and then there were some jokes that were that were like such dad jokes. There but are so many just, dad jokes; they're very lame. But if but his but delivery it, is exactly funny. like he can he he kills it. I saw somebody the other day. We're gonna have to do um some some more content on just how much 2011 broke our brands. Maybe yeah. on the Patreon, maybe on the main feed. I don't know. 
But I saw someone the other day talking about how many unlikable. We should actually hire a therapist to, yeah. to guest on our show. <laughs> Just so we can talk about that. <laughs> and talk to our people. Um, that truly is, uh, 2011 truly explains, if you go deep enough, it explains like all of my opinions and everything that yeah. I think. But I, I got into a, like, I, it was not even an argument. It was just like a taking the piss kind of thing with somebody recently who was talking about unlikable players on the Canucks. And he cited Kevin Bieksa. Yeah. And I was like, market people do this all the time. It fucking pisses me off. It pisses me off too, because it's like, what did Kevin Bieksa ever do to anybody except be funny? Like, for example, Paul Bissonette. Everybody fucking loves Paul Bissonette. And he like actually was an asshole player. I've yeah. never I've, and I've never been entertained by him. I don't like Paul Bissonette either, really. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. I I kind of there's there's this there's like two sections of of like funny ex sports guy that that prop prop up and Bissonette is like the side of it I don't like. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's very like frat boy humor yeah and it's very low-hanging fruit and, and then there's like barstool. yeah and, and exactly and and then there's like bx and luongo who have like a, a better sense of irony and are like yeah. actually know how to like craft a joke yeah but yeah i don't know I, I thought that was weird like i always just kind of thought like canonically okay so people don't like burrows and they don't like kessler rafi torres makes complete sense that people don't like Rafi Torres and they shouldn't by the way like as much as he was a good player for for the Canucks the year he was here Mm -hmm. um but then they start getting into like weird territory where they start talking about like Maxim LaPierre where it's like first of all he was like barely on that team and no one cares they liked selling him as a pest though and he was he was a pest um I don't he's know. Just, no, I don't know if he was even a pest or was he just Quebecois? <laughs> <laughs> is he is he a pest or is he just Quebecois? Yeah, yeah. I, somebody somebody should do like so. Well, somebody should do like a stat the way they're just like, oh, a certain ethnic group is only this percent of the population, but they're overrepresented in jails. Yes, they should do that about Quebecois players. Okay, well, it's funny you say that, and their penalty. Minutes. It's fun. Well, it's funny you say that because there was recently a study. Uh, that was done that showed that teams that wear black home jerseys yeah. are penalized more often yeah, yeah, yeah. than, that, than that, other teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard that one. That same same with red. Same with red. Amazing. Yeah. Once again, if Burroughs was 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 uh, if if Burroughs's first name the what R and E <laughs> if the R and E yeah. were reversed in Alex Burroughs' name, he'd be like a national treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or at least he would be like t- spoken about the way Brad Marchand is spoken about. Where where it's like okay, well obviously you know he's his antics. Hate him, but you wish he was on your team. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. A thing no one ever said about Alex Burrows, despite the fact that it should be, it should be true if you apply that logic to yeah. But anyways, uh, there was one thing kind of missing from the ceremony, and I think this will serve as a nice segue to talk about. A nice moment from this isn't going to be about Pavel Bure. Some it? nice. No, I don't okay. give a shit about Pavel yeah, Bure. Who the fuck cared about that? Fuck, out there? man, I'm just, just quit stepping over my segways <laughs> for fuck's sake. I was thinking about how there were some people that I was hoping would be there. Mm-hmm. That some of which um, I'm not surprised weren't there. Like it would have been awesome if Anson Carter was there, but for some yeah, reason Anson Carter Anson Carter has decided that he just hates the Sidians. And we'll like never talk about them, and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of hoping that maybe like Taylor Pyatt would be there, 
You know, and so I was something that I was thinking about, and I think it'll serve as a nice uh, sort of segue to talk about some to remember some guys, as it were. Mm-hmm. Let's remember some guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was too bad that there wasn't really other than Burroughs, but Burroughs was a good player. That there was there weren't any of those classic like the plug that they played with yeah. the Sedians yeah, players. They should have just like had them in a section. Yeah, there should have been a whole section for for like. And they don't. Then they're not wearing suits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just like there. So, um, I guess a a good way to talk about this would be to just ask you guys like, outside of the big, um, you know the big main Sedian line mates who I would consider to be like. Anson Carter, Alex Burroughs, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Samuelson and Yannick Hansen, sure. who I think were the four players they played with the most. Okay. Who's, who was your favorite Sadian line mate from history? So Anson Carter's not it, right? I mean, obviously we all remember how great they were with Anson Carter. He scored 33 goals, if 35, I remember. I 35. Think. I think. Jesus. I don't want to. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna look it up because I'm too lazy. Anson Carter, he had 21 goals. Really? Twins. Yeah. That's Doesn't it? seem right. Okay. Well. Okay. And I, I might be stealing this from Elliot, but Jason King is like the one that I have the most fond memory of. Fair. Yeah. I just remember yeah. listening to the first game of that season. Like, I just remember radio in the car. We were about, my family was about to do a road trip, and then I was just hearing how like he scored like two goals in that game or something just how amazing it was and then that's just how i remember him uh and i was really sad that he like that that two-week stretch didn't last much longer so i have his i have carter's hockey db up right now and he had 33 goals that year oh yeah i have fuck yourself elliot oh sorry you have the i have how many goals he scored with the twins yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. With assists by both. Seasons. Oh, okay. Sorry, I understand. Yeah, uh, no, but that yes, that you were correct. You're right. by saying yeah. that that season he had 33. Okay, goals. okay. But like, he, if he played the whole season with the Twins, he's probably got some goals assisted by a defenseman or with only one assist. So, wait, what stats do you have open in front of you right now? He has the list I, of players who scored a goal playing with the Sedins. How how good was Marcus Nasland with the Sedins? Oh, that's a good question. Because that seemed to be like when when things were were bad, when like nothing was clicking, was was that not the lineup that they would? They, they would did play? run with Sidian, the Sidians and Naslin for a yeah. while. Yeah. Apparently, he has 15 goals assisted by both Sidians. Okay, that's that's decent because obviously, you always think that every goal that the Sidians produced were like assisted by both. But that's never how it works. Yeah, this is like an underestimate of actual. If, if there were, yeah. if there was a third assist, though. Oh, Henrik Sedin would lead the the would have like the all time <laughs> leadership in tertiary assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I my personal favorite, I think. If we're going, it depends on how much of a deep cut we want to go. Uh-huh. But, I think my personal favorite would have to be Trent Klatt. Because and I did love this. I don't know if either of you caught it in the ceremony, but when they gave the uh, when they gave them the big like plaque that said they were going to get a trip of their choice to any destination, Shorty yeah. said, "I hear Brian Burke will drive you to the airport," <laughs> which is such a good joke. Uh, so for, good for the out of market fans uh, during negotiations with Trent Clatt, who was the original like. 
fire hydrant that potted a bunch of goals off his ass because of the Sidians yeah. back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to get more money out of Brian Burke, and Brian Burke said uh, something to <laughs> something to the effect of, if he thinks he can get more money somewhere else, I'll drive him to the airport myself. Oh, I had no idea that was about Clyde. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, My favorite, like, Sidian line mate, in terms of just, like, a dumb story, was Zach Dalp. Zach Dalp is... Yes. Yeah, I'm sure Delpy. I don't yes. know. And he did um, score a goal with them, did he not? He scored a goal. With, he scored his first and possibly only <laughs> NHL goal assisted by both Sedin twins, yes. which is just so beautiful. Yes. Wait, but were we talking Was this on a podcast where we were talking about the most one of the most beautiful Sedin goals ever? No, that was off air. That was off air. Recently, and I'm glad you brought this up because I so Let's talk about our favorite city goals. Well, I consider myself a bit of a chronicler. One of the first articles I ever wrote for any any publication or whatsoever was a compilation of what I called fire hydrant goals. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a um, when I was a kid, and I would talk to my my whole relationship was with ho- hockey was basically I would watch the games at home, and then at a weekend dad. So I'd go over to Vancouver from the island to see my dad every weekend. And we would drive home from the ferry and like listen to Pratt and Taylor Hmm. talk about the Canucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first guy that I remember this happening with uh, was Taylor Pyatt, who will always have a soft spot in my heart as well. And... And I remember I was saying like, oh, I... other parts of your body. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Soft. It's, <laughs> the best does not work. I, I, yeah, it's the opposite of that. But regardless, um, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with him about how I really liked Taylor Pyatt and thought he was a really good player because of all the goals he was scoring. And my dad was was just incredulous, and he was, and he was basically like, a fire hydrant could score goals playing with the Sedins. <laughs> like, it's, it means nothing to be able to, to, to like, score 13 goals yeah. a season on a line with the Sedins or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and so, like, years later, I wrote, like, years and years later, probably a decade or more later, I wrote this article about, like, the best fire hydrant goals, which was just, like, the go- the go- beautiful goals that some guy scored mm-hmm. because he was playing with the Sedians. Mm-hmm. And my personal favorite, and it was the one we were talking about off air, I think, the last time we recorded, was uh, Brad Lukowicz. Yeah. And yep. for those of you who haven't seen the goal, Pause and look, it up. look it up on YouTube. It is the most beautiful, like, between the legs back pass. And Lukowicz just roofs it. And I'm fairly certain Lukowicz played like two games for the Canucks. And that was that was like the highlight of his career was scoring that goal. Elliot, are you gonna about you're about to watch it, right? I'm about it, to watch it. Okay. The way that Lukowicz I don't remember this because this was on my twentieth birthday and I was not <laughs> aware of anything happening. Fair. Not not drinking for another year. Whips. Did you just watch it? <laughs> I just watched yeah, it. Yeah, right doesn't now. it rule? It's like one of the nicest goals. The way that he immediately just like looks up to the heavens because he's like, this is it. Yeah, this exactly. Is the greatest that's, moment of my life. That, that's what I love. I'm going to be the new Hanson Carter. Something that and I love about. There's a, there's just. There's this beautiful thing about the Sedians that I, I love so much that is really just unique to them and kind of unique to Vancouver and unique to my experience as a fan, which is that the Sedians 
created like more heritage moments than anybody else yeah. in, in team history yeah. because of their ability to take these guys. Like you just think about how many players, the highlight of the cur- of their career was a goal that they yeah. scored playing with they, the city. They were like two fairies. Absolutely. Who yes. <laughs> like descended down to do something magical for you. Absolutely. And they were so happy if, if you scored a goal. Like it looked like they were trying to get a, get like to get the guy to score. Absolutely. They were like they their their whole vibe was like if you ever played on a beer league team with ringers mm-hmm. and they and the ringers would like if you ever play any kind of beer league hockey whether it's ice hockey or floor hockey. Uh, I played one season of beer league floor hockey when I was about 21 mm-hmm. or 22 and uh, my team got kicked out of the league for being goons, <laughs> but that's another story. Um and uh you know, you bring in like ringers because basically every team has a couple ringers. And if you don't have any, you're going to get your ass handed to you. And the thing about the ringers is that the good ones, the ones who are honorable and nice people will kind of specifically try not to score. Yeah. They'll just, they just want to try to help you score these like easy tap ins and like pad your stats and get to feel like a hero for one night. Yeah. And that's what the Sadians yeah. did, but they did it in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's so many guys that and it's not even um you know, it's not even like wingers or other forwards. It's like defensemen like Brad Lukowicz or if you guys remember mm. Lee Sweat. Yeah. yeah. Another like I think again He was a guy. He was a guy <laughs> who and I think Lee Sweat probably played like Less than ten games, probably scored like two goals, and one of them was a Sedin goal, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. And I know it was an OT winner, and it was his first career goal. Oh, like, this is the kind of shit the that, one who that got I hit remember. By a car? No, that's uh, no, that Jan But he uh, he did um, suffer an injury though, and it was yeah. it was it was very unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, there we I, we could just turn this into let's remember some guys, but there are so many just legendary. Kind of, there is a okay. Do you remember some some? There's like a legend about some Swedish player who the Sidians used to play in play play with. Like he, he was their line mate uh, for Moto. Oh no, I don't and remember this. He they never in like in the summers in World Championships they play together. Right and just magic, but they never got on the Canucks before. That was like always my dream as a kid that we'll finally get. It's uh, Matthias something. Oh, I, interesting. I'm sorry, I gotta look this up. Yeah, please do. They're never going to talk about it, are they? It's just like whoever they played for with Moto, I think, was like incredible. I like how none of us have mentioned Redeem Verbata, who actually had an excellent okay. season with them. He did have a very good I, season. If you're willing to drop this thread about whoever they played with in Moto. Sure. I, yeah. Okay, here. I might have it. T- did Tommy Santola ever play with them? Yes, he did. Tommy Santola did play with them, and he was on... Uh, Daniel Wagner's like list of best city and line mates. And apparently uh, when somebody asked them about guys, they liked playing with and and they like brought up Tommy Santola. That was a guy That's that a they meme. like cited who was like, Oh, he was fun. And you're not going to find it like just straight. No, up. I'm not going to find that guy. I'm, I'm just curious. Like Alimitra was good. I don't remember him very well for, yeah, fair enough. for that, but okay. So you, but you, you brought up Radom Verbata and I think that's an, that's, I wouldn't mind. Just getting in one, like, one last... I want to have the last word on Radom Verbata. Because I feel like he got fucking jobbed while he was here, and I feel bad for him. He was a guy who... It's always funny, because, like, he always ranks below Anson Carter. 
yeah. on like list of great Sedian line mates, but Sedian's he scored better. more goals with them. Yeah. And yeah. the and the thing you have to remember is he scored more goals with them and the Sedians were way older. Mm-hmm. When they were they were like way past yep. their prime when they yeah. had that season. And also Verbato was terrible when he wasn't with them, wasn't he? Well, that's the interesting thing, right? So the what happened so his first season he was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then in his second season, um they I think that was the season that they decided to run with Hansen mm-hmm. as the main city yeah. and line mm-hmm. mate, uh, which was watching that happen was like the most beautiful thing ever. Watching Hansen score 22 goals with them was like. He scored 22 goals yeah, in man. one season with them? With them, yeah. Oh. I know. Oh, boy. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> I can't do his accent. It was wonderful. Uh, but the, the what happened to Radom Verbata was they took him down off that line, despite the fact that that's why they signed him. And then they had no. Like, he's a pure offensive, like, sniper scoring forward. Mm-hmm. And the centers that they had to play with him were Brandon Sutter and, uh, like, seven-year-old Matt. Bo Horvat, who wasn't yeah. good yet. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Matt Lindgren, because why not? <laughs> yeah. And he was bad. But the thing was, he wasn't really bad in a way that was his fault, or at least, like... It was, he was sort just of not completely not put in a position to succeed. Exactly. Yes. And I and the thing is, is there are players who are like that where, and this the Canucks have always had this problem under Jim Benning, like they sign players and then don't put them in a position to succeed. Like they sign a player who's really good in a specific role, and then they're like, "What if we had this player play a completely different role?" Mm-hmm. What happened? So what happened to Radom Verbata was. He got completely – his value went in the tank. Like, they did absolutely nothing. If they weren't going to play him with the Twins in the year two, they should have traded, traded him in the offseason, and they didn't. And basically what ended up happening was his value tanked. They didn't have anyone to play him with. And then at the trade deadline, they were suddenly like, oh, fuck, we're out of it. Uh, I guess we better trade him. And then they asked him to submit a no-trade team like list, and he basically only picked teams that – Weren't, wouldn't have been interested <laughs> yeah, in him. Yeah. And, and the thing that always gets left out of this story is that his wife was pregnant. Yeah. And that's why he didn't want to be traded. Yeah. And so yeah. they had all the opportunities in the world to trade him at a time when he would have been receptive to it. And instead, they waited until his wife was like seven or eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Yeah. Uh, Sakaris and Bryce had a legendary argument about it on air that was just like the most astonishing thing. I, I can't remember which of them. I actually think it was Bryce, very, which is which is so. Should, do men deserve rights? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think it was actually Price, which is funny because he's the one that has a wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was basically like, "What? You can't? A pregnant woman can't fly?" <laughs> and they spent like twenty minutes arguing about it. Let's open the phone boards to... Uh... <laughs> it's funny because, it's funny because like, Sakaris got shit recently for being like, uh, fellas, who does your wife think is hotter? In a poll question. <laughs> but, like, that's not nearly as bad as being like, ah, the fucking pregnant woman can fly. Stop being a little whiny baby. <laughs> Just buy a second seat. Um... The amazing thing is that Radon Robata's 13 goal season, he was still the sixth leading scorer on the Canucks because Dude, that were, team was so bad. That there team was so bad. Where yeah. I would be so happy if a Canuck was in the top 30 of league scoring. Yeah. It felt like. He was talking about team scoring, though. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. But, but, like, to hit 
15 goals halfway through yes, the season. Yes, oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Oh, are we a good team? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, something that has been on my mind since Sadine Knight, because I've been taking this trip down memory lane, and that I think really informs kind of how I feel about the team right now, mm-hmm. is that, you know, the ceremony was, was really interesting and weird for a number of reasons because you know Kessler got brought back and we all just kind of collectively decided all at once that we weren't going to be mad at him anymore and it was a weird like the whole I felt like that whole thing was just so trumped up like there was a lot of narratives going on <clears throat> that I that like like I wrote up the beret thing before yeah Everybody that was, was like, so stupid a poll question is like who the, who cares he he is not really a Canuck yeah uh, like it's in true some ways. yeah uh like uh one of our one of the most exciting player uh to ever play for the Canucks he uh, is the ex that you stay friends with but they are doing it completely out of obligation to you because they don't want to hurt your feelings <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so I I don't like. Yes, he is a Canuck, but he he the invitation well, is it's, open. Well, it's really insulting to the Sedians, two players who have a really important relationship with Pavel Bure, who fucking left the team like two years before they were even drafted. Yeah, like yeah, I exactly. I understand who that cares? like he is another player with his jersey retired, but like I don't know, extremely hot take. Bure does deserve. If you look at the other players whose jerseys are retired, Beret does deserve to have his jersey retired. Yeah. But actually, the Sedins are the only two players who should have their jerseys retired. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, not like not like we've made this point before. Naslin. Naslin's a, hot a no. Take of maybe not. No. Smeal is such a hard no. Smeal is like, uh, we've been around for twenty years. <laughs> I guess we have to retire somebody's number. Yeah. yeah. And Linden is the guy who like you can make the case because Identity he's fucking like Canucks. exactly yeah. yeah. But the thing that's yeah. been on my mind is watching watching all those players uh, line up, taking uh, for the for the ceremony, uh, taking the, all these trips down memory lane is how that team got no respect at all, and now that from the national media certainly, and now that the Sedians are retired and they've had their numbers raised to the rafters, and we're kind of looking back on the team. They still kind of get, like, they get a little bit of respect now, but it's so fucking tepid. And a huge part of that reason is just because they never won anything. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't seen the movie, but I've, I know I'm familiar with the line because it's turned into a meme. Something that I keep thinking about when people talk about the current incarnation of the Canucks team is that line in Uncut Gems where he says, do you want to win by one point or do you want to win by 30 fucking points? Yeah. Because something that the, the the game that followed it, which was so bad, <laughs> like yeah. the game was truly, truly bad. Something I was that, really excited when the sh- when the uh, shot clock would come up. Yes, that would be very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it, that was one of those things where it was like see, get to fifty shots, get to fifty, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. didn't. But yeah. um, do you want to get outshot by one 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 shot? Do you want to get outshot by thirty fucking shots? They did it. Yeah, it's good. Nobody got shot. And I think they almost did get outshot by 30, actually. I think they were, like, very close. But um, I think that it's been really damaging psychologically to Canucks fans that that 2011 team didn't win a Stanley Cup. Just that era. Not necessarily 2011 specifically, but just that era of team. Because 
I think that it kind of almost it's it's put this thing in Canucks fans' brains where they're like, oh well, like being good doesn't matter. You, you just win like randomly based on you know just stuff like heart and will or whatever. And yeah. I I just look at I look at the current Canucks team and. It is not. It is just nothing like the 2011 team. It's it. The team it reminds me of is the 0607 team that got their asses handed to them on a regular basis, basis, but had like one really good line mm-hmm. and a great goalie, which mm-hmm. is basically what the, the Canucks yeah. have right now. Mm-hmm. But no, that, that is a good analogy. Um, I like we're better than that though, right? Like with Pearson and Miller on top of that. Yeah, like I would say that. I would say that it's kind of it kind of depends on how you judge quality, yeah. right? So yeah. like and this is this is a really tough one because it's something that I almost don't even want to admit because like if I was basing a team like how I was going to build a team based on like what I most want to watch, it would basically be this team mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you have oh, yeah. Uh, a really high-end first line that can score lots of goals. You have an offensive blue liner, and you have a goalie who plays out of his mind, even though he faces like fifty shots a night. Yeah. But that is actually not a good quality team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the what is hard to account for is basically the oh six oh seven team was better at sort of shutting things down. They were better defensively. I think that's my gut instinct, but. They weren't nearly as good offensively. This team is really good offensively, but they have basically no defense, and uh, they permit like so many shots and scoring chances. And I think the thing that I think too often people equate fun with good, and and the thing is the yeah. Canucks are fun and they have some really good offensive players, but they're not really. They are a ton of fun, and they are way better than they used to be. Yeah. And as much as you want to talk about 2011 breaking people's brains, 2014 through 2017 was really bad. <laughs> yeah, that also and that broke also people's broke brains. people's brains. Because like, if I just watch a game and don't think too hard about it, it's like, oh wow, this seems actually really good. Yeah, exactly. Some nights. <laughs> yeah. I and the the reason why I basically the reason why I bring this up is because I I do not want a repeat of what happened with the 2011 team because right now everybody feels great. Everybody's having a good time. There's some young offensive players that are playing out of their minds. There's a good goalie, but that was true of the 06, 07 team and every, but any team that is a young upstart team, they always get some love from the league. They always get some love from other fan bases, but then when you become truly good, that all fucking goes out the window, and everybody hates it. So right? we we need people to hate. <clears throat> we need people to hate us. Kind of. But yeah. That's not what I'm getting. That's at. what our. Okay. What I'm getting at is. Because I if hate it them. Ends, <laughs> if it <laughs> ends with no Stanley Cup, what was it all for? We're ba- we basically all become Ryan Kessler. It's the end of the line. We didn't do anything, and now we look back, and everybody just hates us. And there's no. There's there's never any room for discussion like i fight i was fighting with people all day yesterday about like how fucking insane it was that the 2011 team was cast as the bad guys against the boston fucking bruins yeah folks if you know anybody who's an expert in cognitive behavioral therapy 
<laughs> I'd rather talk about climate change. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, this is bleak. If yeah, if nothing goes forward, I don't want to be right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be right either. But um, you know the the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I think that you know, as I alluded to before, part of the reason why I do harp on the fact that the Canucks are not a very good team is because of how that reality reflects on the players on, on the team who are good. Because there are a few guys on the team who are either extremely special or having extremely special seasons. We talked about Quinn Hughes last week and the week before and how he's making a case for the Calder. And Daniel Wagner just fucking called his shot uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. or I think actually mm-hmm. today, and just wrote an article about how fuck the Calder, uh, like fuck fuck the Calder and the Masterton um, Hughes and um, Markstrom. Markstrom should get the Norris and the Vesna, <laughs> and I love that yeah. because um, I really do think that like people are not understanding how much, and I understand that these players are a huge part of the team, but if they're not on the team, this team is in the bottom five. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, honestly, without Markstrom, who's the guy I, want, I really want to talk about, they're still probably in the bottom five. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have been so bad at keeping shots out of their end of the rink. They've been, they've been, uh, Doing quite poorly against bad teams, too. Yeah, like, like Chicago was, is awful. Yeah, yeah. And they allowed almost 50 shots. Minnesota was not a good game. Yeah, and that's another that's another thing. And the thing is, is that even when they're winning, they're winning mostly because Jacob Markstrom stands mm-hmm. on his head. And when mm-hmm. he doesn't stand on his head, they get blown out and lose to the Lightning 9-2. <laughs> mm-hmm. The reason why I harp on the team not being good is because I feel like if people don't understand how bad they've been in, in at least that area, that specific area, if you want to say that their offense is so good that that's why they're winning, even though they're getting outshot so badly, fine. If you want to say that Quinn Hughes is such a special player that, you know, they're so good on the power play that, you know, they're able to overcome this, fine. If you want to say that their penalty killing is really good and they're really well coached, which is another thing I kind of think, uh, at least to some degree, that's also fine. But they're really bad defensively. There's just no nice way of putting it. If the, Hughes or Tanev is not on the ice, then I'm it's a nightmare internally. Yeah. And the reason why I bring this up is because last night, Elliot Friedman said on the broadcast that if he cast his no or his Calder vote today, Hughes would be number one. Mm-hmm. Targeted harassment works, folks. Yeah, yeah. And it's time to talk about Jacob Markstrom, not for the Masterton Trophy, which we talked about in an earlier episode, but for the Vezina. Let's go for both. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah Canucks should just fucking sweep all the awards. <laughs> uh, we have never had a goalie win the Vezina, right? That's right. That, that, uh, Norris also. Lou and Schneider split the Matt, Jennings. The Jennings. Yes, they won the, the Jennings. Jennings. I also just want to issue a correction the about Nate, what I said. The Nate Silver goalie award. <laughs> I I want to issue a correction about um, Daniel Wagner's article. It wasn't the um, it wasn't it wasn't the Norris. It wasn't the 
Vesna in it wasn't the Vesna over the Masterton. It was the heart over the Vesna. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, which honestly, Mark's if you for the heart. if you want to go with that's a I think a little bit extreme, but if you want to go with the definition of player who's most valuable to his team, which I wish it was every time, but it's obviously not. The heart voting is really weird. I get in. I've gotten in arguments with a lot of people. Uh, some people who actually do get a vote. Some people who just have really, uh, you know, are, have opinions. have opinions and are very like stats oriented. Shut the fuck up about the stats when it comes to the heart. It's just you don't if you're it's a media award, it's about the best story. Yeah. If you want to sit here and tell me that it's not about that, like you just yeah. you're such a yeah. lame-o. Like I understand that like I am admit how this thing works. I am a kind of sometimes a stats guy and I'm also a hater and a downer on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But like People were trying to make the case that, like, Connor McDavid, who was going to win 27 Hart trophies, deserved the Hart trophy over Taylor Hall that year that Taylor Hall won it. And if you wanted to go by just, like, who is the better player, well, just fucking give it to McDavid every year then. Mm-hmm. But it's such a yeah. better story. Yeah, nobody's going to do that. It's such a better story Gretz- that Hall... Gretzky didn't win that every year, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's such a... You, you got to give it to... I think the Art Ross is the is the fucking award for stats. Exactly, <laughs> and the Art Ross is yeah. the oh, oh, like what they give the heart. They give the heart trophy to the Art Ross player like fucking half the time, anyways. Yeah. Like if you've got yeah. a case, if you've even got the slightest case that a player is you know like a better story, Ty always goes to the better story in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, Vezina. Yes. Before we talk about Markstrom, I I don't pay attention to the rest of the league. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, for us people who only watch the Canucks, who yes. would be in the way? Okay, so I have his stats pulled up here, and I used 25 games as like an arbitrary cutoff, mm-hmm. but the thing is is that some of these guys are going to not hit enough games to really be considered. So like, for example, Darcy Kemper is third in save percentage with goalies above 25 games, but he's been stalled at 25 games for a while because I think he's hurt. Um, mm. by the same token, like Tristan Jerry and Elvis Merzlikens, who are second and fourth in save percentage, both also probably won't hit enough games. Uh, Merzlikens is more likely he's in Columbus and he's more likely yep. to be, uh, a Calder nominee than a Vezina nominee. I really want to make a joke with that name, but I can't work with it. <laughs> it's that. like almost Merzlikens. impossible. I I love that his first name is Elvis too. <laughs> who the fuck? Yeah, like, who does he play for? Uh, Columbus. Well, he's been unfortunately like, not Vegas. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> There's been a. Uh, uh, th- there have been some good like. We should do soon. We should do like an around the NHL episode because we've we've covered the Canucks so much in this episode. In this episode, but there was some fu- like funny other stuff that happened this week. Like I have the Florida not- Panthers played two defensemen on a forward line the oh, other that's day. Cool. <laughs> oh, that sounds like things are going well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going okay. Luongo's like, but I'm going to get out of town. Can Luongo we... has not played for the Florida Panthers in... No, 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 but like, he came to Vancouver to... Oh, yes, to right. <laughs> I mean, like he does work, he works for them, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I understand. Um, yeah, I thought I was a dipshit, didn't you? Well, I mean, <laughs> there's evidence. That's, that's, that's right. Uh, so the, I think the big, the guys that are ahead of him in save percentage, not that that's what people look at really are that are also really high up in the games played count are Ben Bishop, 
Andre Vasilevsky, Connor Hellebuck, who I think is the front runner right now. And you could maybe say Tuka Rask, but I'm not sure he's going to hit enough games at either because that is that is really important. Like They want to give it to a starting yeah. goaltender. I don't know if he can do it, but he deserves to be top three with the way he's played this year. And I, I feel confident now with the fact that like we're into... If the Canucks mid- make the playoffs, he gets the Vezina. Is what I would say. Yeah, that's kind of how I how I feel too. And the fact that like he's keeping it up and it's not and just ah his story, it's such an amazing story. Mm-hmm. We've gone over it before. Yeah, I just I think now's the time, Canucks fans. Here's the thing: nobody respects you. Everybody fucking hates you. Everybody you fucking dirt. hates you. They think you're bugs. That's right. You are never gonna get respect unless you demand it. Go out there. And do targeted Target harassment. harassment. That's direct action in hockey. That's okay. right. If you can't cut on the ice, post. Directly DM <laughs> Elliot Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Who do we hate in the media? Who's I the don't one? even hate Elliot Friedman. Uh, I kind of I mean, like Elliot fine. Friedman. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. That's, that's their correct take. Yeah. He's fine. I like I, him. I like him when he says things I agree with. Yes. <laughs> and then I don't like yeah. him when he does. I like him when he talks about how... A afraid of Canucks Twitter is as if it's like Bernie Bros. Canucks Twitter is kind of the Bernie Bros of the NHL, actually. Yeah. I think of it. Yeah. yeah. Like we could probably Yeah, we we could probably win awards just by threatening enough hockey writers. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just gotta send some muscle. So, look, the next time Pittsburgh is in town, somebody's like I'm surprised nobody's tried to fight that one writer yet. Uh, Dejan, yeah, the, the, the one who's like afraid of Vancouver or something. Yeah, it's so funny that he's so he's from <laughs> Pittsburgh, like, and he talks about how Vancouver like, is a shitty town. The funny thing is, is, like, it's such a self fulfilling prophecy because everyone <laughs> hates him now. Yeah, yeah. I just like, so like it probably is a dangerous place for. I just him like the idea that like he's when he when the when the league schedule comes out every year, he like sees when Vancouver when he has to go to Vancouver, he just pleads with his editors, please don't send me, please don't kill me. It is funny how much like guys from the media are scared of Vancouver. I I like it. Like I think it's good. I'm at this point. I am full on like leaning into heel mode. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. do it enough last time. I think one of the one of the issues with the 2011 team that maybe that maybe I'm guilty. I'm sorry to always bring it back to this, but I, that I'm maybe guilty of a little bit is like having too much of a desire to be liked. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you like us? The mm-hmm. Sanids are such nice boys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. You see what everybody does with that shithead Matthew Kachuk? Yeah. We got to be like yeah. that. Yeah. Even though we don't yeah. have a guy like that, that's the attitude we have to have. If you don't want to believe that Quinn Hughes is better than literally every other defenseman in the league, harassment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I want to be clear. When we're talking about harassment, uh, we're talking about like the fun silly kind not the like actual harassment kind yeah just uh parody parody parody, parody. <laughs> satire <sighs> quick break do we have much else to talk about really <laughs> okay so we can i think we can sorry. call this one uh pretty soon yeah i think we're pretty much we've covered everything yeah, unless we want to quickly remember some guys <laughs> <laughs> no i think we've done enough for just like how guys. the screen got really bright on elliot's face <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's opening up guys.com <laughs> I'm just going to say that you're never going to guess who Jacob Markstrom is one in front of on the Canucks win list. On the Canucks win list. Yeah. Uh, 
try. Okay. Can I... I'm going to start from one and then go down, okay? Okay. So yeah. number one is Roberto Luongo. Yep. Number two... Is number two Kirk McLean? Yeah. Okay. Number three... Is number three Richard Brodeur? Yeah. Okay. That was going to be my guess for the other one. Number four is not Corey Schneider, is it? No. No way. Okay. No way. Uh, Where is Corey Schneider? Just out of curiosity. Schneider's like eight. Really? Okay. He's actually below Ryan Miller. Oh, that's funny. I... Oh, oh, that's that's, that's a good one. Um, I would have... The only reason I said... Corey Schneider is because I just was basically thinking like, well, he wasn't here that long, but he was so good that he probably is like yeah. super high up okay. on the... Okay, um, I would say okay, at this point, Cluche. Yeah. Cluche's four. Yeah. Okay. 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 That 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 makes sense. Um, I was going to get to Dan Cluche, but I wasn't sure if he was going to be four or six. Man. Dan Cluche. Where would this team be if Dan Cluche was their goalie? Last in the league. <laughs> His helmet. <laughs> That's all I remember about him. He honest. was like the last goalie to just be like, "Fuck, fuck helmets. regular helmets, fuck regular helmets, fuck art, fuck art." I'm just gonna wear <laughs> like the like beer league helmet. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, Dominic Hasek had the best one though. Yes. It's just all net, all cage. Yeah. No, you you love to yeah. see it. Truly. I want I want to see I want to see the evolution of this push. I want to see a glass helmet. There's all all like plexiglass, or whatever. So it's clear. It's going to be a dome. <laughs> it just looks like a fishbowl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so stupid. An old-timey diving bell. <laughs> All right. Um, Bye. Um, sorry, I meant that literally, like, you will not guess who number six is. Oh, number six. Arthur's Urbe. The guy who's after Mark Oh, man. Peter Scudra. Hold on. No, let me Wait, try this. Alex Ald. No. Ald is number 10. Oh, okay. Um, fuck, I have no idea. So then. it's not Miller. It's not... Yeah, it's Gary Smith. Oh, fuck, I was like... going to say Gary Smith. Fuck. I don't... Well, <laughs> that maybe, makes me so maybe mad. Maybe would have gone. Ah, uh, that makes me so mad. Okay, that's enough remembering some guys. Sorry, fans. <laughs> if you've enjoyed <laughs> us remembering some guys, you might enjoy... Look, you, there, this was a good one. The The Patreon episode, please. Yes. It was a good one. Um, I was having a discussion with somebody the other day, and I... I mean, ultimately, part of this is maybe a little self-serving because I'm not sure anyone would want to advertise with us, but I had the discussion with someone recently where they talked to me about advertising, and I just decided it's a hard no. I'm not advertising on this show because I just don't like it. And, you know, look, some podcasts out there might want to join join fancy podcasting networks and do ad reads for Indochino and sell out, but not Roxy Fury. <laughs> That's a call out. I, I forgot. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Puck bunnies. Oh. Um, <laughs> so uh, subscribe to the Patreon. It's five bucks a month. You're going to get at least one heritage moment we per did month. It. We finally did it. We finally started it, and I'm really, really yep. happy with the result of the first one, and we have an absolute banger planned for our second one in honor of the Sedians having their jerseys retired. Yep. We're going to go deep into a forgotten uh, bit of Sedian lore, and I have some very, I have a very fun reading series planned. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you 
if you're even remotely interested, now's the time to do it. But in the meantime, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FailSonMcDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at VyasRamp. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter at MooseKayak. Just for, just for a sec. It was really cool at the at the demonstration to, to see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick shout out for two, yeah, two of our listeners. I saw Tim Wilkinson in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was there uh, preventing legislators uh, from getting inside. That's, that's uh, extremely Tim. I noticed, I noticed his uh, beautiful jawline from, uh, f- from, from far away. <laughs> Good looking guy. Um, and then Tyler Urethra on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Urethra Franklin. Urethra Franklin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just, let, just sit with that for a second. <laughs> um, he is out uh, helping the Red Braid movement uh, shut down one of the CN Rail uh, stations in Coquitlam. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh, today uh, he was messaging me about it. I hope they find some legal observers for that. Um, yes. So shout out to our fans who are do who are putting their hearts on the line. I don't know if I'm allowed yeah. to say that. Actually. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I think it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and um, obviously, this week, uh, send threatening messages about how you know you're going to break somebody's legs if Jacob Markstrom doesn't win the Vesna to uh, literally every member of the Pro Hockey Writers <laughs> Association on Twitter. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>